When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Simon Hughes and Simon Mann with you, both looking back at the first T20 semi-final, the World T20 semi-final, which of course Pakistan have won, beating New Zealand, and also looking ahead to the needle clash tomorrow at the Adelaide Oval between England and India in the other semi-final. And in fact, we've got a clip from our film, The Greatest Game, uh, about how England approached the knockout stages of the 2019 World Cup, which actually has some appropriateness to the predicament that they find themselves in now in Adelaide. Uh, so that's coming up a little bit later. But Simon, first, interesting game, Pakistan, New Zealand. What an occasion at the Sydney Cricket Ground, obviously dominated by Pakistan fans, even though they're a lot, lot further away than the New Zealand fans would have been. But I'm sure there are lots of uh, Pakistanis living in Sydney and they came out in force to cheer on their team who really delivered. You say the Pakistan fans dominated, the Pakistan team dominated as well. I mean, they had a grip of the game uh, throughout. Halfway stage, well, we exchanged text messages, didn't we, at the halfway stage? And I said, I think Pakistan are slight favourites, but I think New Zealand got a chance. It's, it's not an undefendable score. You thought that New Zealand would win the game. You thought they probably just had enough. And we've seen a bit of the history of Sydney in this competition where it's quite difficult to chase. And, you know, if New Zealand had got another 20, and they, they were only four wickets down at the end, then perhaps they might have been able to squeeze Pakistan. But Pakistan, Barber, their captain, said, we knew, we knew it was quite a tricky chase, and we decided to go for it from the start. And I think they were able just to exploit a bit of fallibility in New Zealand's bowling. There's a bit of wild stuff, wide stuff that they were able to get after. And once they got going, it wasn't like England the other day. Remember when England got going against Sri Lanka and then they stumbled against the spinners? They sort of they had the measure of control, didn't they, throughout, really? There was, there was never a moment in that Pakistan innings when you didn't think, yeah, they've got this under control. 
I think it was the Pakistan bowlers, however, who really were the, the heroes because of restricting New Zealand to a, to a gettable score of just over 150. And uh, it, it's just, they're compelling to watch. They're riveting to watch those Pakistan bowlers. It seems like Moraes Erasmus, the umpire, is destined to give early decisions, uh, first over decisions mm. in every game he umpires. And he gave Baba Azam out the first ball, didn't he, against yep. India. And then, of course, uh, had a, an interesting experience in this game where the first ball of the match from uh, the very, very fiery and clever Shane Shah-Afridi was drilled down the ground for four by Finn Allen. Then he was hit on the pad, second ball, and given out by Moraes Erasmus, which was overturned because of a tiny inside edge. And then the third ball wrapped, wrapped him on the pads again and, and Moraes gave him out again. <laughs> and this time he was proved correct. So always a very exciting start to Pakistan games, whether they're batting or bowling. More so actually when they're bowling, really, because I think I think they've got the most potent attack in the tournament. Yeah, it's a good attack. There's no doubt about that. It, it, it's got options, it's got variation, it's got pace. And they exploited the conditions really well. They squeezed New Zealand. Although I sense with New Zealand, I'm just watching them, I thought, well, win the toss back first, get a score on the board. And that's what they did. That, 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 they probably didn't get quite as many as they were hoping for. But, you know, when you, when you consider they only lost the four wickets, they, they, they sort of batted quite conservatively, knowing that, you know, they didn't have to, well, feeling, not, not necessarily knowing, feeling they didn't have to score 190, 200. That, you know, score in the region of 160, 170 might have been quite a decent score. I think they even thought 152 could have won them the game. And actually, I looked at the uh, betting markets at the halfway stage, and, you, you know, you might think with a score of 152 that Pakistan would have been quite clear favourites, but actually it was quite even. They, they were only marginal favourites. And so, you know, New Zealand felt that, I think they felt that 152 on another day might have been defendable. And we saw Sri Lanka squeeze England the other day at Sydney. It was a used pitch. And by the end, Yoz, the ball was turning, wasn't it? I mean, Santa was bowling quite slowly. You know, he was sort of trying a different way of approaching it, really tempting them. He's bowling quite, and the ball was turning, the ball was spinning. But yeah, that, that start absolutely killed New Zealand the two power plays as well New Zealand 38 for two they lost Conway to the last ball of the power play run out that was a blow and Allen as you say early on and Pakistan's uh, power play was in the 50s you know and and they were you know they it, it was the Barber and, and and Rizwan show again with the bat and when they put it together at the top of the order as we saw at times during that England series you know they're I know people criticize them for batting too slowly but they are you know, they give Pakistan so much, I think, those two, when they can put it together at the top. And they, they've done it in this game and they did it in the previous game as well with the half-century partnership. What masters of coming back from apparently <laughs> being dead Pakistan are, aren't they? I mean, this It's ridiculous. Lot, it obviously. is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you know, what, what must have they been thinking? So they were booking their flights home. When was it Sunday, Sunday afternoon? And then suddenly... The Netherlands beat South Africa and they're back in it. And now they're in the final. It's incredible, isn't it? Incredible. And it really, this happened, well, in the same country 28, 30 years ago, 1992 World Cup. And uh, they were absolutely hopeless in the early stages of that tournament. And I remember, actually, I was in Auckland for the semi-final, New Zealand against Pakistan again. And New Zealand, who really set the tone in that 1992 tournament by pinch hitters and bowling a spinner in the power play with uh, two men back on the leg side, uh, Dipak Patel, and, and really 
changing the way that, that one day cricket was played. And they they put up a good score, 260 or something like that. And it, Pakistan looked as if they were ambling along, going nowhere. Imran getting a very slow 40 or something. And then in comes Inzamam or Hack, smashes a, a quick, rapid 40, and they win the game and went, go on to win the final against England. So it, it, maybe it's something about Australia that inspires them. Well, and, and also, the, yeah, the similarities, you know, they were just about out or, or nearly out. In fact, they would have been out, remember, in, in 1992, if it hadn't rained in that match they played against England, where I mean, they were bowled out for next to nothing, wasn't it? 70-odd, something like that. And then we had that ridiculous rain rule where suddenly England had to chase 70-odd in, in, in not many overs because I mean, the, the, the rule was unbelievably stupid. Uh, and it sort of punished England. But and then, of course, it rained again. England probably still would have won the game, even with the ridiculous rain rule. But it rained again, so Pakistan got a point from that game, and that was ultimately uh, absolutely vital for them. But you're you're right, Inzamam in that semi final, they were sort of going nowhere, and 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 from nowhere, he he sort of dragged them around. Although it was at Eden, um, it was Park, it was at Eden it? Park. It was in yeah, Auckland. Which, yeah, which, it was which strange shape ground that yeah, he, which he profited from. Yeah, def- definitely. Yeah, New Zealand in that semi final, two sixty two for seven, and Pakistan two sixty four for six. From 49 overs, Inzamama hacks 60 from 37 balls, which actually doesn't sound quite so extravagant these days, does it? Uh, but in those days, um, it was a dramatic uh, intervention from the young Inzamama. It was a thrilling innings, and they went on to beat England in, in the final. Um, that, 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 had a, that was a game not without some controversy as well. Uh, Derek Pringle, <laughs> well, he'll, he'll swear to the day he dies, and probably afterwards as well, he'll still be swearing in his grave that uh, he had countless Pakistan uh, batters LBW. And I think he's right as well, didn't he? I, mean, I think he had a couple that were given not out. Uh, by Steve Buckner, that under the new system of DRS, um, they would have been on their way. But when I woke up on Sunday morning, I could not believe it when I heard that the Netherlands had beaten South Africa. I mean, South Africa were my dark horses. You know, a week before, they'd beaten India, who I think are the tournament favourites, and... You know, it's, going to, it's a heck of a task of facing England uh, in the semi-final and Pakistan in the final as well, although they have beaten them in the ICC Trophy final at the Oval, didn't they, uh, not so long ago when Fakir Zaman uh, played that uh, tremendous thing. But generally, India do better against Pakistan. You know, they have the wood on them in, in, in World Cups. But yeah, I, to wake up and, and you know, hear that the Netherlands have beaten South Africa, couldn't believe it. Why, why on earth? Did South Africa not bat first? Get a score on the board. And, and it, it's not easy for, I think, generally, I think the best way for, generally speaking, the best way for the lesser countries to beat the better countries, if you sort of mean, for want of a better phrase, is get, you know, get, get a score on the board and then try to squeeze and try to build some pressure. And I thought South Africa should have done the same, you know, get a score on the board and then, and then try to... Tell that to Andrew Strauss when, uh, after the match against Ireland in Bangalore where... Bang, uh, Ireland chased well, it yeah. down, but you know that was a rare, that pitch, a rare the, well, that, the pitch that day. Yeah, I mean, I accept that. You're right. I mean, that's they're, they're obviously going to be examples where it isn't always the the case. The pitch that day was unbelievable. It was so flat. The outfield was like lightning. Boundaries were short, and Kevin O'Brien had well the day of his life and uh, most people's lives actually. I mean, it's, it's rare that that sort of thing happens. I mean, they I mean they were chasing three twenty nine, and they were one hundred eleven for five. I mean. Mm. Not many teams, are, you know, win win from that position. You know, even great teams don't often uh, win from that position, do they? But talking of Ireland and and the Netherlands and you know Scotland and so on, I mean, it's great this tournament, isn't it, for the Zimbabwe. opportunities that they've had 
and the proof in, in the, the, their defeats that they've achieved. And it does really give them a, a great scope and great confidence. And there should be more opportunities for them to play T20 series against the, the, the sort of more senior countries because clearly they've got talent. And it's better when you have these World Cups where it's not so obvious who's going to get through the group stages. Uh, still, you know, you feel the Netherlands, Ireland, Scotland, they're not getting enough T20 exposure against top teams, even Zimbabwe, really. So it, it, it's pretty sort of important, paramount on the, the major countries to try and accommodate these teams if they can sort of fit it in. But that, that, that's the problem, of course, is scheduling is so difficult now with all the franchise leagues as well as the bilateral series and so on. And, and, and money, of course, talks. You, 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 you're not, you're not going to sell a TV series uh, to the TV. You're not going to sell to the TV a series between England and Ireland or... India and the Netherlands, obviously, you're not going to sell, are you? So mm. it's it's a tricky one. Well, it's harder, yeah. Yeah, it's much, it's much harder, isn't it, to do that? That's that's the point, and that's why we don't see stacks and stacks of that uh, sort of cricket, because TV wants a, what, what what they feel is a an even contest. But, you know, there have been enough upsets in this competition. Uh, to, so, you know, yeah, definitely to encourage um, television companies to take it on a bit more in the future. But you, st- you still want the box office, don't you? You want... England, India. You want England, Australia. You want India, Pakistan. Which you know, it's, it's there, isn't it? We've got, we've got, well, we've got two matches left in the competition. We started with a bang first weekend with that incredible game, one of the great T Twenty games, I think, uh, between India and Pakistan. There's the prospect of of that match on Sunday. What what have Pakistan done well? And you you said they've got a good bowling attack. They got Barber, Barber and Rizwan, and that that's that's the, that often their formative for success it, it seems to me and that was where their formula for, for success today against New Zealand I saw a tweet from Dan Weston what, did, what do you think about this Dan Weston who, who featured on this uh, podcast a few times who's, who's a sort of um, you know, stats guru he, he, he gets work with helping uh, some of the counties with their stats and recruitment and he said a score of 152 for four emphasise the four will become obsolete in T20 cricket in five to ten years' time. And I think the feeling behind this tweet was that you've got to go much harder. You've got to... You use up all your resources. You can't afford just to lose. You've got to use your more of your resources, mm. or at least try to. So, you know, that. So you know, his point being, of course, that you know, 171 for eight is much better than 152 for four. Of course it is. You know, you've still got... You've lost eight wickets or whatever, and you've taken a few more risks, but you've got to do that. Uh, whereas, yeah, I think the balance was, though, that New Zealand felt that... 150, 160 might have been a winning score, and they didn't want to risk. Do you know what I mean? They didn't want to risk falling short because they thought that was that that was sort of their goal. It, it, they might have had a sort of first innings chase in mind, if you sort of mean, you know, mm. first. I think target. it's where players like Chris Wokes and Sam Curran are really valuable to England because they are players who can come in and they don't need to face many balls and they can collar a couple of sixes, and that can just get you from your 150, 160 to your 180, 190, which is much harder to chase. And really, New Zealand, have they got anybody like that down the order? So, I mean, Jimmy Neesham, well, Neesham, but he's more number six. And I'm thinking more seven, eight, nine, you know, those three spots Mm. where you might only face six or seven balls on average, if that, you know, and you've got to try and get Mm. 15 runs off them, at minimum, maybe 20. And... Maybe New Zealand a bit, a bit wary of, not a long tail, but 
people who are not quite power hitters at seven, eight, nine. I, I've seen Mitchell Santner hit a long ball actually, so, but he hasn't mm. really kind of come off so far in this tournament. And th- those three spots, seven, eight, nine, are really key in getting those scores up to to one eighty, one ninety sort of area. And maybe New Zealand batted a little bit cautiously because they haven't got that ballast at the back end, that kind of power at the back end, which obviously England do. I thought the Pakistani bowling attack was was excellent. And, and they're just... The thing about them is they've got, obviously got Shah Shahreedi, who is pacey and left arm and swings it, a bit like, a, a bit like Mitchell Stark or even Trent Bolt. Very good at taking early wickets. But then they've got the, the other bowlers who also bowl high pace, like Harris Ralph, who gets it through at plus 90. And it's that difference of sort of five miles an hour that the three main bowlers have it at their disposal, which I think makes them just a cut above any other attack. Plus, I really like Shadab Khan. I think he's got very con- good yeah. control. He's a sort of, he's a relaxed character on the field, bowling his leg breaks. He does bowl variations. He's not as deadly as Rashid Khan or somebody like that, but he's very consistent and he can bat as well, quite valuably. And, 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 if it, yeah, and he's just a sort of live wire generally. As, a, as a, a character, he looks someone who wants to have an impact on the game, but he's very controlled and measured and consistent and reliable. So, you know, that 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 con- combination makes P- Pakistan dangerous. And, you know, so so it's proved. Yeah, that's why in the final. Uh, yeah, Shadab Khan ran out Conway. So he's, he's, he's got that, those three attributes uh, to his game. I mean, just on that, just one sort of final point about New Zealand total. They did score 93 for one off the last 10 overs. I mean, you know, so, so perhaps you could just, you know, they were struggling. That's only nine and over. Those first 10 that cost them so much. 9.3 and over, yeah. So, yeah, could they have scored another 20 runs? You know, they had the resources there. or Well, they had the, they had wickets in hand, whether they had what they considered to be the resources. Um is another a, a thing altogether, but uh, yeah, remarkable. Pakistan uh, are in the final. Um, it, it's bound to be. It's whoever's in the final on Sunday now is going to be a noisy, vibrant occasion. Whether it's Pakistan, England, or Pakistan, India, uh, it, it is. You know, it, it's, it's a mouth-watering uh, prospect. Great final, uh, uh, nicely set up. Whoever is in it, and uh, after the break, we're going to consider whether it's going to be India or England. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Of course, whoever's in the final, <laughs> it's guaranteed a big TV audience because it'll be either Pakistan on their own or Pakistan and India. And Pakistan on their own will deliver 
probably about 150 million viewers. So with India as well, it could be triple that, I should think. So can England spoil the India-Pakistan party? Do you think, it, if it were, were to be India-Pakistan, do you think that would be the, the most watched cricket game of all time? The reason I, I said I mean, they, that, they yeah. have played in finals before, Champions Trophy in England. They played uh, you know, that... T20 World Cup, didn't they, in South Africa, which sort of ignited the game in India and, and led to the sort of birth of the IPL, or at least hastened it. Uh, but the, the, the still T20 then in India was in its relative infancy, and there was still a they were still quite wedded to One Day Internationals because. What year was that? Did you say? 2007, wasn't it? Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it, the big difference really is exposure and actually individual exposure. So for someone like Virat Kohli. You know, he has, I think, 250 million Instagram followers or probably even more now. And it's that kind of personality, the culture of personality, which has made the game cricket in India and Pakistan, especially even more attractive and got the female viewership as well. Look at the IPL, Mm. which now, uh, you know, started in 2008, just after that final you mentioned or that, that tournament that you mentioned. And. Uh, the, the viewership in the IPL now is almost half women. So uh, it, it compared to, you know, 20 years ago when it would have been 20% women at the most. So it, the, the audience has definitely swelled. And with the additional reach that these players have on social media in both Pakistan and India, to a lesser extent in England and Australia, they, they, they there's more and more awareness of this game it'll be on at a time in the subcontinent which will be round about lunchtime on a sunday so absolutely perfect for a absolutely massive global audience mm. especially looking at the subcontinent yeah well the point is as well for neutrals it's a fascinating game as well or would be a fascinating game as well wouldn't it because of the order because of the match that was played earlier in the tournament i mean it, i can't believe an india pakistan final would get would become even close to matching that game and that was just one of the it had so much in it it's it, it was a brilliant game of cricket uh, we're not going to unpick it again now because it, it might it might not happen. But so I, th- I think as well the, the neutral audience would be drawn to an India Pakistan uh, final as well. So then, Yoz, what? Well, before we go into what's uh, going to happen, yeah. I mean, we should also just recap that that game in uh, the early part of the tournament was won off the last ball by India, mm. and it was a miraculous last over, an extraordinary last over of all sorts of strange nuances. Mm which neatly matched the 2019 World Cup final uh, between England and New Zealand, of course, uh, which is the the film that I've based on, we've based this documentary around. And I think one of the most interesting aspects of, of of the film is when England arrive in the World Cup of 2019 at the India match at Edgbaston. It was the 30th of June. They'd lost the previous two games to Sri Lanka and Australia. Basically, they had to win all four matches from there on to win the World Cup. But even the uh, India match that was coming up, followed by a New Zealand game, they had to win both of those games to get into the semi-finals on their own home patch. So the pressure was absolutely mountainous. And it was quite interesting how England approached dealing with that pressure, having lost the previous two games. It was last chance saloon. And what happened was Owen Morgan and David Young, the sports psychologist that was working with the England team at the time got together and decided they needed a meeting and 
This is a little section from the film explaining what happens. You'll hear from Owen Morgan, you'll hear from David Young, you'll also hear from Ben Stokes and Mark Wood. I was starting to think that there was a collective issue within our team. I can remember getting a phone call from David Young, a psychologist. I came in in February 2016. My job was to ensure that when it came to the scrutiny and the expectation of a home World Cup, that we would deliver in the biggest moments. We are now in a situation where we have to beat India, one of the best teams in the world, just to stay in the tournament. To be honest, it felt like more than just a possibility that, again, an England team are going to have choked that could be out. when it really mattered. Alan Lamb has been cleaned up. So too England. No one spoke about that. But you could feel it in the dressing room. We need a team meeting about this. The first question was how they're feeling right now. In teams I'd previously played in, guys would have been worried about telling people the truth about how they felt. If you don't have that trust within the team, you can't move past all the weight that everybody is carrying around. I said, I'm nervous. You know, long story short, if we lose this game around the World Cup, I know that, and I don't want that to happen. I'd never heard Stokesy speak as if he was vulnerable before. For a guy that I thought was pretty bulletproof, it was amazing to hear him say it. Sometimes you feel like you're the only one who thinks like that. Everyone's going to be thinking like that. Embrace it, don't let it swallow you up. That collective acknowledgement of anxiety and fear was just incredible. It felt like a weight had been lifted off everyone's shoulders. So clearly what England did was they embraced their fear of failure. Uh, they took it on. They really charged it head on and said, right, we're going to go out and play a fearless brand of cricket, the thing that's got us to this point. And they did so and they absolutely obliterated India. And the rest is history. And that is all part of the greatest game film that is on Sky Documentaries as we speak. So will England approach this match against India the same way? Do they need to be fearless again? Well, I think they do. And they have been a little bit cautious uh, over the tournament so far. But I thought the way they handled that last run chase in that last game where they knew they had to win, Sri Lanka set them a not very high target, but the wicket was tricky and I thought the way that England went about it, fearlessness at the start, particularly with Alex Hales, and then a really calculated execution of the run chase by Ben Stokes, who took it on himself, very much like in 2019, to see England home. Mm -hmm. I think much depends on the pitch in Adelaide, Jos. It's going to be a used pitch again. So is it going to be, is it going to grab a bit? Is it going to be, or are they going to touch it up? I've seen pitches that have been used pitches that have, you know, they've been touched up. 
groundstaff have a bit of time to work on them and they're actually not that bad for batting. But if it's a used pitch, well, it isn't a used pitch, if it's a pitch that's going to be tricky for batting, then you're going to have to be canny, aren't you, with the way you play. You're going to, you're going to have to work out fairly early on what's a good score if you're batting first you see what's possible see what's not possible the spinners come into it in, in you know india's got a couple of decent spinners should they play another spinner india they'll look at the surface what should england do with their side and they've got david milan who's i mean i can't see how he can play i mean they haven't ruled him out yet i, I mean one suggestion might be that they replace him in the tournament because you know could he could he play on if they got to the final could he would he be fit for the final you know groin a groin sort of thing like that in a week it's very hard to to recover from should they therefore replace him and bring in someone like Liam Dawson to come straight from being a reserve into the team if they think the pitch is going to spin give them an extra so I mean he's not he's not the worst batter uh, Liam Dawson he nearly won a game in Pakistan didn't he with um, some tremendous hitting and he and he can bowl his, his slow left arm as well so there's there's something for them to Think about what, what about that, or do you, do you see them being you know going just like for likes or salt in for Milan? Well, I, I think that they they will look at the dimensions of the pitch or the, the boundaries, mm. and that's one consideration. And spinners haven't been that effective in the tournament generally. Mitchell Santner and Ish Sodi have been pretty effective in New Zealand, but otherwise, just orthodox spin hasn't been too successful in the tournament. And it's short square boundaries. So I, I feel that Dawson could be exposed by those. And the other thing is they need power to replace M- Milan, really. They need someone with, with batting pedigree, I think. So I think the automatic re- response would be to bring in Phil Salt. And Phil Salt knows the Adelaide Oval really well because he's played uh, for the Adelaide Strikers in the Big Bash. So he knows its dimensions, he knows the pitch and so on. And also, I think, actually, another little consideration, I might think about opening with Phil Salt and Alex Hales and dropping Joss Butler to number three for the simple reason that Butler versus Bhubaneshwar Kumar, there's only one winner there. Kumar's bowled, I think, 30-odd bulls at at Butler and got him out about five times and for, for very little cost. So there is a very significant dominance of Bhubaneshwar Kumar over Joss Butler. He doesn't like those little those little swingers that he produces at sort of 80, 81 miles an hour, swinging it both ways. Very clever bowler. So I wonder whether you hold Butler back and have him at three. And just you know, and then, and then there's the order's the same after that. Stokes at four, Harry Brook five and, and so on. So I think I'd be thinking about doing that. Uh, and if not, have Salt at three. If they if they still want to stick with Butler as, as an opener, have Salt at three. But I, I quite like Phil Salt just going for it at the top of the order, actually. Yeah, well, that's that's one of their options. The other option is the Dawson option. Another option is the Jordan option. They they replace Milan with Jordan. It's all like an all-round game for a, a, a top-order batter. Because, of course, remember, they are sort of playing the extra batter, aren't they? Because they've got Livingston and, and Moen Ali, sort of six and seven in theory, but they could, obviously they've bumped them up at, at certain times during the tournament. So, they, you know, they have got options to, to think about. As for India, what about the thought of them playing an extra spinner? Again, I think the same thing applies. I think the spinners will be exposed by the short square boundaries, potentially slog sweeping, reverse sweeping. It just, I don't think the ball's likely to turn very much. So I wouldn't think that much of it. I mean, what they have to do is decide on which wicketkeeper they're going to play, whether it's Dinesh Kartik or Rishabh Pant. And 
I think I'd go for Pant because he's left-handed and they haven't got too many left-handers apart from him. So just as another counter to Adil Rashid, for instance, I mean, they probably don't have as many selection issues, do they, as England? They've had a fairly settled side and they've just got so many dangerous batsmen, uh, notably uh, Surakumar Yadav. I mean, what a player he is now. He's, uh, I think if you add his average and strike rate in T20 together, it's something like 220. And for, for, for comparison, Joss Butler would be 170, 180. If you add the average and the strike, his, his strike rate is something like 180. You know, incredible. And he just doesn't seem to have an obvious weakness. And what a, 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 a wonderful asset to have coming in at number four with Kohli at three and the very experienced openers at one and two. So I just think India looked to me just slightly, slightly better side, really. And also Arsdeep Singh, the left arm swing bowler, who's been taking lots of early wickets. So, you know, overall, it just looks like India slight favourites, but <laughs> you don't want to be a predictor in this tournament, do you? Well, it, we, we've, we've tried to predict quite a lot, haven't we? And it hasn't really worked out. Mind you, at the start of the tournament, you backed England. I backed Australia and thought South Africa were dark horses. So, yeah, mine have gone down the pan like they did last year when I, I said Australia can't win it. Uh, so it's like those. It's like one of those things you do at the beginning of a dinner, isn't it, where you do heads yeah. and tails yeah. And if you get the answer <laughs> wrong, you have to sit down. Yeah. Uh, so I'm still standing. <laughs> you yeah. sat down yeah. on Sunday after South Africa got eliminated. Although, well, and, and also you had Australia down to, to win it, didn't you? So your picks yeah. have been dismal. No, I've been hopeless. I've been hopeless. So I'm, I'm going to back India from here. I think in India to win the tournament. Uh, clear favourites uh, for me. And just on the wicket-keeping thing, because Kartik's had this back injury, hasn't he? So it's a question of, you know how fit he is. But, but it just recently, I've just been looking at some stats recently, England-India, because India won against England in the T20 series in England this summer. They looked good, didn't they? I think they, they outplayed England. England won the last match. It was sort of dead rubber. Uh, England have lost five of the last six T20s they played against India and the last two series. Uh, and England have only won four of the last 13 T20 internationals against India. So recent history suggests that you know India have a, a bit of a, a grip over England. They've just been a bit too good for them uh, of late. Also something I've noticed as well, the last five matches between the two sides have been won by the side uh, batting first. Um, and sometimes in semi-finals you want to get a score on the board and put pressure on, as New Zealand tried to do today. It did not work out for them because they didn't quite get enough runs and, and Barber and, and, and Rizwan and uh, Mohammed Harris, who we haven't actually mentioned in this podcast, who's done, you know, he's, he's played some cameos for Pakistan, done really well. He wasn't even, even in the original squad, come in for Fakir Zaman, 21 years of age, 28, 31, and, th and 30s made. Not you know, dramatic scores, but he's got them quickly and he's, he's looked really positive. He's got slightly unorthodox uh, way of playing. So, you know, sometimes bringing in a reserve player from nowhere, inverted commas, or well, he did play against England in the series in Pakistan can you know, can sometimes uh, you know lift a team and sometimes it can have that a galvanizing effect so yeah, England could could do that with someone like Dawson they could also do it just something as well I mean we saw Ben Duckett play really well didn't we against spin in the Pakistan series and with people saying actually well he might be an option for the World Cup in India uh, next uh, winter you just wonder whether you know Ben Duckett as a as a replacement for David Milan is a possibility as well. That's probably we're probably getting a bit too left field. They'll they'll probably keep it very simple, yours and and go with with salt in. But but 
to, to be decided. There is a little bit of a doubt over Mark Wood as well, isn't there? Well, that's yeah, there is that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is a bit worrying. And mm. apparently he woke up feeling stiff and didn't do much bowling in training the day before the game. Uh, I think he, I, I guess he'll probably wake up okay. And he's, uh, as we've heard on this podcast, he takes a lot of care over his preparation. Uh, he'll do all his sp- special stretches and sprint training and stuff like that to get in shape. He's only got to bowl four overs. Admittedly, you want him to be bowling them at absolutely full tilt. But I sort of sense with all the medical care they have now, he should be okay. If not, I think I'd go for Chris Jordan just because of the experience. Not Tim R. Mills? No, not so Tim R. Mills. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't go for like for like no, pace? No, well, I think, I think I'd go for Chris Jordan because he, he is experienced. <laughs> He's just such a, a, a lovely option to have in the field as well, isn't he? He's the bucket hand, safe, safest fielder in the world personality who just looks calm under the high ball like happy to bowl any overs does bowl pretty well at the death although he can be a bit hit and miss but he 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 will take that on board and shoulder the burden of it so I guess Jordan is is a good option but I think it's a tricky one the toss isn't it if you win the toss say you're Joss Butler you win the toss Mm. do you bat first and put a score on the board and then think well we'll, we'll squeeze them but then you've got the prospect of Virat Kohli who is the original master of the chase, or do you field first and put the Indians under pressure with with the ball, but then worry slightly about the little bit enigmatic lower order that England have when they bat in run chases, which can get a bit nervy. So <laughs> it's a tricky one to know. It's probably a good toss to lose, really. <laughs> yeah, you don't put the pressure on yourself. I don't know. Win, win the toss, bat first, get a score on the board, see what happens, and try to silence the crowd. I, I imagine it'll be something like ninety-eight two percent in terms of uh, in, in favour of Indian support in Adelaide. I mean, so bring a, a megaphone if you're an England fan, then maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I think it's a very difficult game for England, but it's T20. It's a World Cup semi-final. In, England got players that can cause. So many problems, and so of India as well. But they, they, they just seem to have a, I don't know, a few more bases covered. Surikuma Yadav, and what a shot that was he played the other day. That's all. It was. Can you remember, it reminded me a little bit of the Viv Richards pull for four in the 1979 World Cup final off Mike Hendrick, Hendrick the last ball yeah. of the innings. Where he, he it was a flick. It was a flick. Toss. He walked across yeah. outside off and flicked yeah. it off leg stump into the stand. Mm. Yeah, over square leg, and that was about 20 years ahead of his time. That yeah. shot. But you're right. I mean, Kumar. But Kumar plays these shots, which appear to be like with a spoon or something. I mean, sort of like a pancake, tossing a pancake over his head. Uh, Amazing shots, incredible. Those the last three shots he played in that innings uh, in the last game were just remarkable. Yeah, stunning. So you're still sticking with England, then, Yoz? Are you? Uh, I'm wavering. (laughs) I'm fifty-fifty. But I'm obviously my my. My, my heart says England. My head probably says India might just edge it. Yeah, tough game for England. Uh, well, we'll be back uh, tomorrow to look back on the game, see where it was won and lost or where we thought it was won and lost. And we'll know then whether it's going to be India-Pakistan in the final on Sunday or a repeat of 1992 in Melbourne, Pakistan against England. Mouth-watering, both games. We'll be back tomorrow. Goodbye for now. Thank you.
Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.